0: Coming up on this episode of Salt City Code, Melissa Schmitz is back to share more stories about hackathons, her experience in a data science boot camp, and how she leveraged her hackathon wins into a full-time job.
1: My name is Karen Thorne.
0: And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code.
1: We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater Upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code.
0: I've been to two hackathons, both of them through Hack Upstate. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was just this past October, mm-hmm. and it was my first time actually being part of a team. Um, we worked on a project that was um, it was transcribing conversations from like Skype, mm-hmm. like all, Zoom, Zoom. That was it. Okay, oh, I was transcribing yeah. conversations from Zoom, and it was a really neat idea. Um, but you know, didn't win the hackathon and then like afterwards, nobody touched it, but it is kind of fascinating to see so many people get together and come up with so many different ideas. It's one of my favorite things about hackathons.
2: Yeah. Um, I've been, I don't know how many I've been to so far, like maybe five or six, I think something like that. One hackathon I went to, um, it was a completely different format. So, I mean, every hackathon is a different format. Um, Hack Up Stay is the format where they have, they have some themed prizes, and then they have first and second prizes, um, which are kind of open-ended. So you can win it, you can win that just for anything, or you can win it while you also win the theme prizes. Um, but you can work on like whatever you want to work on. Um, then there's also um, some of the uh, major league hacking ones are are similar, except the. So they have the themed prizes, um, except the format for those ones, instead of every single person presenting to the whole group, it was more like a science fair format where you sit at your table and you have a demo that judges for each prize would go around and judge you. So you'd have to sign up on DevPost for which prizes you wanted to be evaluated for. And then there's another format hackathon, I mean, I'm sure there's more than these, but these are just the ones I've experienced, um, where they give you, they don't tell you anything about it besides that there's prizes before you come. You get there, they give you an assignment of some sort. So some of them might be to solve a specific problem. One of the ones that I went to was we have this specific API and a specific database tool. We want you to use both of those in your project and run with that. Um, See,
1: I think that would be harder, mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, when when you get to a hackathon and they say, okay, well, you have these materials to work with and you have these and you have these. Mm -hmm. Now go see what you can do with them and make them work. Mm -hmm. It's really, I think, making you think outside of the box in order to
2: Mm -hmm. implement
1: those tools that they're giving you.
2: Yeah, the thing I found with that one is um, once we got to the presentations, like almost every single app was pretty much the same thing. And so I found that one really boring, to be honest. Like, I got I got other things out of it, like working with, um, you know, the the teamwork aspect, working with different people. Because this particular hackathon that I went to, you just signed up and they assigned you to a team ahead of time based on um, your skill level, um, but not really the skills that you had. So there are people with different programming languages.
1: I don't know if I would like that because mm-hmm. they're just saying, okay, well, you have this set and you have this set, and you know, just based on your mm-hmm. skills, but how do you know that you're compatible to work with each other?
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: You know, I think that's part of being able to pick the team that you want to be on and, mm-hmm. and be in the teams is the compatibility of, of everybody sure. working together.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure some people might have, um, like, there's always going to be people who end up finding a connection for a team they were kind of forced to be on serendipitously but yeah i definitely agree that the interesting part of hackathons is you know finding a project that you think is cool to work on or or at least like finding other people to work with and like seeing what you guys can do together and like learning more about their skills and vice versa that's what i really love about hackathons and i think um I mean, I know Hack Upstate was like my first hackathon, and I go to a lot of them, so maybe I'm biased. But like, it's my Hack Upstate is definitely my favorite hackathon of all the ones that I've gone to, because um, it's really community based, and um, they're very in. open
1: about how you know um, how you can do your project. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I've never, I've only been to Hack Upstate hackathons, so I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to yet go to a different one. But um, the other hack- hackathons that you were talking about, do they offer um, hardware and things like that
2: for yeah, you to some, be used or yeah some of them do um yeah like the other a lot of hackathons nowadays are also the major league hacking ones which i guess i should mm-hmm. tell you what that is um, so the major league hack- hackathons are specifically for like college and high school students but those ones yeah they have sponsors um, for them and so they have a hardware lab just like hack up mm-hmm. state so but other ones, they might be more community based and they might not have the resources like um, some of the other ones I've, I've been to were like the inaugural ones where, you know, they're still I think they're still figuring out how to organize their own hackathons, which is understandable because it's their first event. So, you know, Hack Up State has had um, how many events now? Like 14. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they've had a lot of years of experience making it an amazing event. So also people who are trying to expand to the new ones, like, you know, it's, it's not going to be perfect your first event usually. So.
1: And I've only been to two. The first one I didn't, uh, both of them, actually, I haven't even been able to had a chance to fully participate just because I had other things going on. But my game plan for April is to find a team and see what we can do.
0: I don't know if I can make full 24 hours. Like, I went last time and I worked for a little bit and that was fine, but I feel like by hour 12 I'm going to be pulling my hair out. I, oh,
1: yeah. I don't think that I would stay the full time either. The people that are from around here, um, there's a few, quite a few of them that, they live like right in the city so it's close, but it's at, like mm-hmm. a 30 minute drive for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I could do the whole 24 hour thing either because by the time we went to present I would be like, eh. you know, well, don't... <laughs> Uh, I am not a sleep, don't talk
2: to me. I mean, my experience, um, most of the time I have stayed up pretty late. So I mean it does slightly depend on the format. So there are some hackathons that are like a whole weekend thing, like they start on a Friday and they end on a Sunday. So they try to um, I think they do that intentionally to try to convince people to get some sleep, you know, mm-hmm. so that um, so that it's not as competitive and time crunched. But for most of the 24-hour ones, I think I've just been so into what I'm doing that I, I try to sleep and I can only sleep for like 20 minutes. So not great to drive after that. So I usually get a hotel like after the hackathon to just crash unless I'm driving with someone else who slept. But, I mean, there's there's also an experience level to this because I think um, as I've gotten better at, um, you know, coding Gradually, here and there, um, with these hackathons, you know, you can complete something faster than you would when you're a beginner. So,
1: yeah, I would say so. But I and I know that feeling Mm -hmm. because I found at at home if I'm coding something Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and I'm just going along and going along, and the next thing I know, it's like three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I probably should go to bed because Mm -hmm. I have to get up in the morning, and you know, in like Mm -hmm. three or four hours, so I can function for the most part on four hours, but. Uh, anything less than that, I don't, I'm not so sure that would work out well for me. So,
2: yeah. So I mean, I I definitely think people should sleep. I just haven't been able to every time. But like the last time, the last time when I like I tried to really think through like what type of thing I would want to do and like try and learn some of the frameworks beforehand, and so that helped me get further in the project where I could actually like go take a nap at an Airbnb for, like, four hours or something and come back to it. So, you know, it gets better, I guess, when you get more experience. But, yeah, that, that is one challenging thing that, you know, you want people to be able to finish something in the time frame of, of the competition. But when the time length is shorter, it definitely favors people who who are better at it. But, I mean, that's that's just the nature of it but you know, that's, But if you can work with people who already kind of know what they're doing and you can learn from them, that's, that's, that has been the greatest, one of the greatest things that I've gotten out of it, besides meeting people that have actually impacted my career. So. Speaking of your career, I heard that you went to a data science bootcamp. Could you tell us a little about that? Yeah, so um, after I graduated, I did kind of take a break for a little bit. I, I traveled Europe with my husband cuz he's from Europe.
0: Oh, he was awesome. my hu-
2: He was my husband then, not my now husband. We got engaged during that time and then eventually we got married like this past summer. But
0: Congratulations. Thank you.
2: So, you know, that I spent like 4 months doing that cuz I figured okay.
0: Oh. Wow. Yeah, where did you guys go in Europe?
2: Well, mostly um, mostly Macedonia because that's where he's from. Okay. Um, Macedonia, Kosovo, um, some of those surrounding countries. Um, we also went to Denmark because some of his family lives there, and some of his family also lives in Germany. So, oh wow! Like, yeah. It's not because I'm I'm like loaded or something. It's just because like he has family, so there's free right. hotels. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. after that, you know, I was like, all right, I gotta get going with something, and I was trying to find a boot camp. So. There, there's a ton of them popping up online now, so I, I tried to see what were the higher rated ones and things like that because I was still living in Binghamton, you know, with my with my parents after I graduated college because, you know, I wasn't sure where exactly I wanted to go, so I had, had to be there, and um, I just decided on one called Springboard, which is based, I believe it's based in San Francisco, and it's completely online, you get a mentor, and um, it's they have different levels that is designed for. So, they they have a boot camp for people who are who have never coded before or who are like very beginner. They also have a boot camp for people who have a a scientific or mathematical technical type of background. That's nice. um, so that's the one that I went in, into. So I had to take an exam um, to get into the program. Where you know it was t- statistics questions and coding um, coding exercises that I had complete. In a timed test, Um, and so I made it through that process, which was definitely a mood booster, Um, you know, confidence booster (laughs) for that um, in this journey. So I was like, okay, so maybe I can get through this. That confidence boost
0: is how I felt when I got accepted into Careers in Code, because Mm -hmm. I really wasn't sure um, I had a little experience previously, but not a lot. Like, I would never really written JavaScript before mm. or anything, so I wasn't exactly sure I was going to get into this boot camp. And getting the call from Jesse saying, you know, we're admitting you into the program was just such a huge confidence builder and, like, mm. really gave me that encouragement to know that this was something I could do. And, you know, to have that encouragement and support, I think, is really important.
1: Uh, I have code. to agree with that because I didn't know anything everything that I was doing was like sort of on my own. I had started to take a few courses online, but, you know, in reality, it would have taken me forever. And none of them were about coding at the time. So I'm like, what what am I doing? Um, And, you know, Jesse was like, okay, we want you to finish, finish filling out this application and you need to do, you know, this part of the coding and everything. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I remember staying up and there was like a deadline Um, and I turned it in at like, it was like 11.59 or something (laughs) for me to turn it in because, and I didn't finish it. And I'm like, I sent him a note and I'm like, well, I said, I tried to do what I could. I go, but I didn't finish it. And I'm like, and you know, I said, you can see, I I was right to the very end. I'm like, I I just put it in under the wire. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Mm -hmm. I thought for sure. Well, I'm never going to get in because I don't have any experience. Mm -hmm. And then I got the email that was, you know, you're accepted and I was like I was speechless and my husband was trying to talk to me about something and I was like what what I'm like I don't know I'm like <laughs> I'm like you don't know he goes what's the matter with you and I said well I just I said I got in and he go he said what and I said I got in I got into that program I said this is a huge game changer for us right now and he he mm-hmm. still couldn't figure it out and then when I started he was like oh my gosh because it was six months of craziness. Yeah, it it is a huge. It's when you get accepted. It's it's a big. That's a big boost. Whether you have Absolutely. none or you have some experience, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah, um, and and I I ended up having some imposter syndrome with that. I noticed from the boot camp that I was in that there there seems to be like three type of people that go into a boot camp. So there are people who, who don't have the experience at all and they're really just trying to uh, make a difference in their career and, and do something that they're really interested in pursuing. There's people who have a little bit of experience, you know, which I think would be mm-hmm. um, some of us uh, that are interested in like getting more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you've started somewhere but we just we don't know exactly what direction to go so we need that kind of structure Focus, yes focus and
0: guidance instructor have really helped
2: yeah and then there's there's an interesting third category that i don't think people a lot of people necessarily know about but there's people who are pursuing or have phds who have who've been trying to um get in break into tech because let's be honest it is difficult to break into the tech industry but i've been told once you're in it it's a lot easier to move around but breaking into tech is really hard nowadays because it's such a popular area for people to want to get jobs. So there are people with master's and Ph.D. degrees who are in my program. that, um, And when I saw that, because everyone was introducing themselves online, I was like, is this for me? Like, I can I, relate yeah. to that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mentor um, was really helpful in quelling some of that imposter syndrome for me because she was saying, like, well... First of all, you shouldn't be paying attention to other people's situations, which right. you know, is true. But it is kind of difficult to not notice. Um, she's like, "Well, you deserve to be here because you you passed it and you got in. That those were the requirements. You met the requirements. You're in." Um, you know, maybe some people who are further along in in certain parts of their career that might seem like really intimidating because they oh they have a PhD or whatever you know they they still needed to get something out of this boot camp so if it makes anyone feel better just know that whether you're a beginner or you have a lot of experience it's hard for everyone like you face different challenges but it's Absolutely. it's all difficult so
0: i still deal with a sense of imposter yeah. syndrome and it's a hard thing to try to overcome you know i did fairly well in the boot camp mm-hmm. um and i also faced that sense of imposter syndrome of like well You know, am I actually good at this? Am I just good at this because my boyfriend does this? Like, is everyone going to think he's just doing all my projects? Well, see, now,
1: I mean, being in class with you, I would, that actually never even, that thought never had even, like, crossed my mind. Well, that's relief to hear that
0: thing. Yeah, (laughs) like, like, (laughs) it it just, it never,
1: it never had crossed my mind that because your boyfriend, that's what he does, like, Mm -hmm. Like I never connected that, oh, I, you know, it just, to me, it was, you know, like, oh my God, she has all this time to work on this and look at, you know, she has all this great stuff and look what I have. Um, <laughs> and, but I can relate to the imposter syndrome as well. Um, not only while we were attending the boot camp, but mm-hmm. even, even now I, I'm really struggling with it. But in the boot camp, when we did the same thing, everybody went around and was like, oh, you know, I have this and that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they all have masters and bachelors and, um, so and
2: there were people with graduate degrees in your program. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there the, were absolutely yeah, there was, I mean, one of them see? was
1: a biochemist. Hmm.
2: She, yeah. You know, yeah. she had a biochemist degree.
1: So, so I'm sitting there, and I'm going, okay, I have an associate's in respiratory therapy, which is not relatable whatsoever, and uh, I have just worked. And here I am. I'm, you know, 46 years old, and I'm like, oh, great. Okay, what am I doing here? I, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I was probably three four weeks in and I was really struggling I think that was a struggle point for a lot of us the third and like third and fourth week of like oh my god what did I get into and finally I just I had to sit back and I looked at it and I thought you know what you made it this far so stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and just Mm -hmm. do what you can do and if somebody has their project and they're farther along in it well, that's because of the time that they put into it. Mm-hmm. You put the time that you're going to put into with yours and, you know, go from there.
2: That's a really great outlook, honestly. I kind of wish yeah. I, I thought about that more. I really should. I think all of us should.
1: <laughs> I really struggled with it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I think, like the next day, Cash was like, mm-hmm. you know, he he stopped the class and, and uh, he, was, he was one of the TAs and one of the teachers. And he said... Stop comparing yourselves to each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody is different. Everybody has a different skill level, and you can't worry about, you know, what one is doing or what the other is doing, you know, mm-hmm. concentrate on yourself. And I had just come to that realization, like, the day before, and I was like, I can't I can't worry about what everybody else is doing, you know. I'm Absolutely. thinking, here I'm thinking, oh, my God, Kelly knows so much, and I don't know anything. I'm never going to get anywhere, you know. Yeah, and then is. there was Caitlin, you know, at the end of it, and Kelly and Caitlin both had working capstones Mm -hmm. to show you know and mine would partially function but my back end wasn't connected to my front end so i'm like
0: oh okay great people i think understood why yours wasn't done especially when it came to the uh what's the thing you needed to do the The
1: vector yeah svgs Mm
0: -hmm.
1: my capstone was um i like to shoot archery outside of everything else that i do Mm -hmm. and locally if I go to a local club we shoot it just they're just 3d targets foam 3d targets you know for practice um some of them some people are really really like into it and competitive and everything I just like to do it Mm -hmm. it's my relaxing type thing um but they just give you a piece of paper so you write all your scores down and then when you leave you know what your final score is but any targets that you had issues with or you missed or got a bad score, you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I really want to put this on my phone, like, to be able to to do them all. So when mm-hmm. they said, you need to come up with a capstone, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do, you know, because they're all different animals. You can shoot at a deer, you can shoot at a pig, you can shoot at an uh, alligator, you know, whatever. Um, so I just took the, the scoring ring. Mm-hmm. Um, And I needed to use that in the app. And I didn't want to just pull something off of the Internet because I needed it to be specific because there's at least two different organizations and they score differently. Mm -hmm. But I wanted it to be universal. Yeah. So I started with Affinity Designer Mm -hmm. and I traced over and made my own SVGs with that. And I thought they were going to be the death of me. I really thought I was at the point where I was like, you know what? I'm done, I can't do this, we're how many weeks in, I'm done I can't, I'm not, I can't finish this and they were like, no, no, no you're almost there, just, you know Mm -hmm. Um, I probably spent a good week to two weeks you know, tracing them and getting them made up and making them look and. Mm -hmm. yeah, they were like the bane of my yeah. existence at that point. Mm-hmm.
2: There's always those uh, unexpected potholes you get stuck into. Like the last mm-hmm. um, Hack update I went to, I worked on a computer vision and like uh, computer vision related project where you had to point objects at a camera and it would identify the object using the uh, Google Vision API.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, one really simple yet sort of stupid, like stupidly simple part of the app is that you have to have a camera that works on it. So you're like, okay, you know, just, let's just get the webcam on there. And, uh, so I, I was debugging this for so long, like for like an hour or two trying to figure out why this won't work. And it turned out that, um, my computer is kind of, it's like from 2012. I'm, I'm just waiting for it to die to get a new one. So like every once in a while, my webcam just shuts off. Um, and I, that means I just need to restart my computer. And so I had to restart my computer, and that fixed it. And, like, uh, you know, you get into those, like, really dumb-seeming, uh, like, potholes, I guess, in mm-hmm. in your journey of figuring out how to, how to make your projects. And, like, so I learned a lot about, you know, different ways to, you know, get permissions to use the webcam and stuff like that. And, like, I was like, oh, do I need SSL? Which, by the way, you also need that <laughs> <laughs> to put it on an actual website. You can you don't need it to do it locally, but mm-hmm. we also ran into that pothole. But, like, in the moment, it's super frustrating, and you just, like, want to throw your computer out the window and just, like, be done or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, like, you just have to give it time, work on something else, or just mm-hmm. ask for help, you know. Like, I did ask for help, but nobody knew that my... Uh, webcam shut off so (laughs) but you know it's it's just one of those things um but one thing i do want to mention talk about a little bit is like um with these with boot camps um i think people tend to get this um impression from boot camps which is partially their marketing but that like this is what you're gonna get out of this boot camp. Like you're gonna get this job, you're gonna you're gonna work at Google, you're gonna do whatever, you know, like they have these okay. really high lofty aggressive goals. Aggressive marketing. Yeah. Like really aggressive goals for these this marketing. And I mean, you know, some people do mm-hmm. sometimes that does happen to people, but you know, there are a lot of people who go through boot camps that, you know, they're not stupid or useless or anything bad. They they just because they didn't get like a Google job out of a boot camp, you know, that's not the reality for most people. But of course, that's the most, that just sounds really interesting. So they always want to advertise that. Mm -hmm. But for me, I didn't, I didn't actually finish my boot camp because, um, you know, while I was doing, um, doing the boot camp, I was working a part-time job. I was geek squad at Best Buy um you know so I was working and then um I I got an offer for a full-time job a temporary full-time job for a different IT job that I could you know make more money because like I was gearing up for my husband to come to the U.S. so I I was trying to save up some money um for that and the part-time job just you know wasn't really cutting it anymore so I had to get another job it wasn't obviously that wasn't the the job that I was getting for my boot camp, but I'd move on to that. And since it was a pretty full-time commitment, I it was just kind of impossible to finish it in the right amount of time. And so I worked with my mentor to figure out um, what, what parts of the boot camp did I want to make sure that I get done so I get some something that I wanted out of it. And so... You know, I, I worked on my, my capstone. I had two capstones, but I only did one capstone. And, like, I did whatever content that I wanted to do, which was kind of nice and freaking Because mm-hmm. once you're in deep into something and you're, like, you know you're not going to finish it and, like, you're just trying to slug through work to finish it, it was nice to be able to, you know, explore more of the software engineering parts because... Um, I still have an interest in going into more software engineering type of roles. Um, like, I'm still deciding. Yeah, <laughs> I, we're always still deciding, right? I
1: yeah, absolutely. Yes, and you're something. right. It, you're always deciding something of how you want, you know, what, what is where you want to go, how you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that a lot of people realize a boot camp is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Our boot camp, you know, was 24 weeks long. And granted, we were only in class for, what, three hours
0: yeah, three hours, um, four days a week, so 12-hour yeah. class.
1: So we got crammed a lot of stuff at us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just, it was, here it is, here it is, it kept coming, it kept coming, it was like a conveyor belt, just, here you go, here you go, here you go, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that other boot camps, when you look at them, they're in class for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. you know, and people say, yeah, but they're are they're a lot shorter, and I'm like, well, okay, maybe they are only 12 weeks long, but they're in class for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. so... Do the math. Figure it out. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but it's still a full-time job no matter which way you look at it, Mm -hmm. you know. And if you have a job on top of that, Mm -hmm. it makes it even harder.
2: Yeah. I was working in this full-time job, and since I knew it was temporary, that was also nice because I knew when it was supposed to end Mm -hmm. and when I really wanted to have that next job. Or at least I save up money so that I would be okay for a certain amount of time. Because all the stuff was happening at once. Because my husband was going to come to the U.S. because he got his visa and all that. So, <laughs> a lot of things wow. happening. Trying to like have enough money to do that. Just juggling life priorities that we all have. Absolutely. So, um, I got I got the offer from Raymond, and um, I was I was really excited because um, you know I I had, I did get to the point of some technical interviews with other companies. So like I was interviewing for. A, um, data analyst that would move up to a data scientist position in um los angeles um which was really cool um it was so cool that i got to do all the technical interviews and it was hard like it it, technical interviews are really hard especially um like over over webcam and and skype and everything Mm -hmm. um i was proud that it got to that point and you know some people might end up looking at where I went and they're like oh well you're not a data scientist you went in data science boot camp but I actually really enjoy my job because um you know it's it's early on in my career and I'm just trying to transition out of not having gone to school for all that all of the the coding stuff mm-hmm. I went to school for physics and chemistry which you know is technical but I'm not really using that knowledge except for occasionally when I need to make something in the lab Um, in my position, which sometimes I do. But um, that's what I uh, really think more people should understand about the process of this career change is that, you know, yeah, some people might go directly to that job, but what was their background? Did they have more experience or did they happen to get lucky? You know, uh, there's so many variables to what can happen after you do a boot camp. For me, this job was great because um, I was working on I get to work on the VR project, um, which is really fun and interesting, and there's a lot of technical aspects to it. I have to understand how, how code works. I'm not writing the code myself because we work with a vendor, but um, you know, being able to translate how, how this code is supposed to work um, based on the, the business needs that we need for um, how it's going to work. And being able to communicate to that them and work with them, and then another part of my job, I in the research group, I'm working on more data science activities. Which it's research, so I can't really talk about it. Yeah, but you know, right. I'm, I'm doing some yeah, like that's I'm doing. Um, so I'm working towards more deep learning and neural network stuff, which I didn't oh, directly um, get to that content actually in my bootcamp, which it, it was included, but I didn't actually finish that part. Okay. But you know, I'm I'm learning a lot of stuff.
0: Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding bootcamp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Up State Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. Did your
2: bootcamp camp have a career um, readiness aspect to it?
0: Um, in a sense, they didn't specifically call it like career skills or anything. Mm-hmm. We did have people from local tech companies come in and talk to us. Mm-hmm. They also set up a round of mock interviews so that we could mm-hmm. kind of get feedback on that. They'd okay. offer feedback for resumes and things. Mm-hmm. And they'd also offer to do kind of a warm introduction to people if we were interested in working at certain companies. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. Because cool. my bootcamp did have career modules like built in. And I, you know, okay. so it's not it, it wasn't in person and it was on on your own time sort of thing. So they mm-hmm. obviously had to build in specific modules for it. But, you know, one one of the modules, of course, in the beginning was like fixing your LinkedIn and your resume and whatnot. And they had mm-hmm. career coaches to help you with that. Um, that's something I'm like, I really like doing in general. So I. You know, you know that's good. Um, but what I got, what I really got out of that was um, there were some assignments I did to do. For example, with networking, where I had to contact people for informational interviews to learn about what they do in their jobs. So it turns out um, at um, one of the other hack up states I went to, um, there was, there was a guy who had a cool project, and we didn't talk at all during the hackathon. But I just like liked his dev post submission and then i commented oh like oh this is really cool um like that was a really interesting um way to use the full data science stack or whatever and then we ended up connecting on linkedin and he ended up being from binghamton as well so he's a senior business analyst which obviously isn't exactly a data scientist but it's in the same realm like they do Mm -hmm. similar type Mm -hmm. of work so since since i had that connection i was like well you know Since I'm generally going into this field, maybe I won't get an exact position that's titled data scientist anyway. Maybe, you know, it would be useful to understand what a business analyst does um, because there's going to be, there's a variety of opportunities that involve the same sort of skills that don't have the same name. You're not always going to find a job title that says data scientist. And even if you do, it's probably going to be more difficult to apply to because everyone's going to be applying to it. But... Mm -hmm. So I just, I contacted him. I asked him if he wanted to get a coffee at Starbucks so I can ask him about his career. And, um, you know, that that started um, a a nice friendship. And we ended up working together on a project um, at one of the next, the following hack-up states. Um, It wasn't an ambitious project. Like, he was just, um, like, I didn't have an idea for a project at that point. Um, But, you know, he wanted to, he always wanted to make a a. Fantasy football blog because he was thinking of doing like a startup or something because he's super into it and he does like amazing analytics for this stuff. He's Uh so good at it. So, um, you know, I worked on that project with him. And it wasn't – you weren't trying to compete, which, I mean, you don't have to every time you go to a hackathon. Mm-hmm. But um,
1: Yeah, I don't I, – I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's just about being able to go and be like, hey, I actually accomplished this. Mm-hmm. I just want to show right. you what I was able to accomplish. I yeah. don't necessarily have to win some big prize money for it. Mm-hmm. I just want you to realize what I have. Because yeah. that also, to me, that also if there's other potential – because there's a lot of people sometimes that come to those and, and the sponsors that come. If they're looking to hire – then they might say, oh, look at the skill set they have and look what they did and how mm-hmm. they got there. So let me talk to that person, yeah. even though you didn't win right. The hack- a hackathon.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like, there's there's so many good projects that come out of hackathons and even people, uh, like, the people who win are, are usually pretty great, obviously, because <laughs> they won, but there's always other projects that either didn't fit into the prize category or they just can't give everyone a prize, so... Um, there's experiences that you get like that out of these hackathons that are amazing. And one thing I want to add, too, is um, I, I went to some career fairs um, before I ended up getting a, a job, and I was talking to one guy for a software engineering position. I showed him my resume and it had a list of my hackathon projects on it. And, you know, he's, he saw them, but um, he asked me the question, you know, what do you do in your free time? Mm. And I, I said, well, I like to go to hackathons and I like to make some stuff. And he told me that even though I wasn't a computer science major or whatever, and um, I, he like he saw the initiative that I had from doing all these projects by myself, by going to hackathons. Like mm-hmm. he, he told me that he asked some other computer science majors, like, what do you do for fun? And they had answers like, I play video games, or I do my homework, or like I don't have any free time. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. they gave those type of answers, and you know, I I was thinking about it. I'm like, wow, uh, these these hackathons are actually pretty important to. um, They can be pretty important to improving your career because you have you can Mm -hmm. you can show that like I went to this like um, you know you have a submission on GitHub where you talk about what you did. you know, if you do a project on your own, you're not forced to do that. I mean, it's good to do that, but, you know, just going to the hackathons, like, put stuff that gives you stuff that you can put on your resume, and I I think you should, because I think that part of the reason that I got my job, or at least that they looked at my resume, was because I had a hackathon project that was an augmented reality game, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were hoping to find people that had some experience with VR or AR technologies um, for my position, and i I had tried that before, so I had some experience with it.
1: Yeah, I think, that and I agree, you're right. I think if you're putting hackathon projects or even personal projects um, on your resume and building a portfolio, it's not any different, for me anyway, than, um, so my sister was an artist, Mm -hmm. and it's like building their portfolio. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to go and you're going to have the, you know, instead of having this big case that you're going to unzip and, you know, flip through all of your artwork, Mm -hmm. you're just going to go online and say, here's all of my projects that I've done and I've accomplished and you know, you can see them, you know, what I did.
0: Yeah. I mean, it shows interest and initiative. And those are things that companies look for mm-hmm. when they want to hire people.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And also being able to get something done in 24 hours <laughs> right. too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, just the drive to do that. And also being focused enough to uh, whittle something down. That's a, that's like we said, the, the minimum viable product. So mm-hmm. one example of that is, um, when we were working on the Augmented Reality game project, um, a few of the people on my team were um, interested in doing a game that would be like, for example, humans versus zombies, where if you like um, attack someone on the other team, um, they turn into the other side or something like that, and then whoever has the however many left at the end of the game wins. Um, and uh, so when we were talking about that and it sounded cool, and I was trying to think of like, how would we implement that. and. It turns out some of the people on my team had never written anything in JavaScript before. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe we should just, like, pare this down a little bit.
0: <laughs> because
2: um, when you're at Hackathon, you want to be able to make something. And so sometimes you can get really stuck in the details and not move forward with something. So, you know, I was like, okay, what if we um, had, like, a boss battle instead? So there's not, like, too many um, characters to, like, keep track of or something. So what we ended up building... It's pretty meta, but um, so it was augmented reality. So we had a um, symbol on a projector that you'd point your phone at. The idea was you point, everyone points their phone at this one symbol on the projector and a giant debugging rubber duck shows up on your screen, <laughs> a rubber wow. duck. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, the end product that we made was, you know, this 3d duck pops up and then when everyone, you tap on your screen to attack it and it was connected with web sockets so everyone could log into the game and play awesome. um, together so he made it so every every single person was seeing the same duck shrinking and squeaking with the attack <laughs> so the more attack you got the higher pitch the squeak was so it was really funny because um, you know people were, were spamming it and um, all throughout the room you would hear these different squeaks <laughs> There's a, I took a video of it and it's pretty funny um, but. Um, yeah, so like that that's that's just an example of trying to pare it down to something that that makes sense. Sometimes the minimum viable product isn't something that actually works. It's the idea um, boiled down to whatever you can make as a presentation. So you might not be able to get your app working, but like oh, you can show so this is this is a um, this is a design of what we wanted to look like. We got this part working. And then like, oh, here's, here's what the back end does. Here's a quick demo on that. So sometimes you have to be a little creative on how you can uh, present your project. But um, when I make projects, um, I want to think about like, can I, can I share this with other people in a way that would make sense? And so um, my goal is always to have something to present. Um, which, you know, there's there's always time to work on more technical stuff and continue your projects after the event, but, you know, it's it's always a good starting point to, like, force you to get something done, which is what I really love about hackathons. Thank you so much for all your answers. Yes, thank
1: you for it's coming and, and being our first guest on Salt City Code.
2: Oh, no. yeah, absolutely. Anything. Thank you so much. I, I, I was really excited about this, and I'm, I'm happy to... Uh, talk about the Syracuse coding community because that's that's how I I really think that's how I started my career and got more interested in code with the um you know community involvement going to the meetups going to the hackathons and just getting support from people in the community it's it's a really great place to get started in tech nowadays I'm more professionally involved on uh social media in the form of LinkedIn so um I also try to post more stuff about virtual reality some things about the industry of like materials handling and warehousing and things like that of course but also just tech machine learning, stuff like that. I always like to post about that, including sharing some events that are happening locally. So I do, I am starting to write more articles on Medium now, and uh, I do have an article that I wrote about my first Hack Upstate experience, um, which you can see more details on that if you're interested. And I'm also currently working on an article, um, very specific to VR, but um, something that people might not think of is like how do I protect my eyes and vision health when I'm a VR professional who has to Mm -hmm. have the headset on uh, constantly it's just something Mm -hmm. I ran into during testing so I'm looking to post that and also get more active on that platform as well so I guess that's that's all my place
1: if you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey my website is kethorne.com instagram karen thorne Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development LLC, as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JSWebDev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. And you can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com.
0: If you'd like to follow along with my coding journey, you can follow my Twitter at KelDeveloped, That's K-E-L-L-D-E-V-E-L-O-P-E-D. You can also visit my personal site, kel.dev. That's K-E-L-L dot D-E-V. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kel2Earth. That's K-E-L-L-T-O-E-A-R-T-H. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com.
1: And remember, always
0: always keep keep it it salty.